Hey everybody, welcome to the fourth episode of Digging Deeper. Let's go! of speaking with my friend Dave Bryant. Dave is a longtime friend of mine who currently resides in the greater Toronto area with his wife. He is a practicing dentist, but originally born and raised in Vancouver is where I met him when we studied microbiology at the University of British Columbia. Dave is of mixed heritage, and today we're going to discuss some of his experiences and issues growing up as mixed heritage in Vancouver. We also discuss his move to the East Coast shortly after graduating from a dental school and whether he noticed any differences of living as a mixed heritage on the East Coast compared to the West. And finally, we discuss some of the potential issues his children may face growing up as a mixed heritage in Canada in the future. So have a listen and I hope you guys enjoy this. So I have on the phone with me uh, my good friend Dave Bryant over in Toronto. What's up, Dave? What's going on, Benny? Hey, so this is my uh, first ever Skype interview, and hopefully it works out. And, you know, actually, believe it or not, you're the person to introduce me to podcasts way back when. Yeah, right? po- you remember podcasts that? are a big part of my life these days. They are. They are. They were back in, I think, 06, 07 when you started getting into podcasts, so I started getting into it. But, uh, but anyways, what we're going to talk about today is uh, talking about mixed race in Canada, uh, you being of mixed race, uh, half Asian, half Caucasian. We're going to talk a bit about kind of your upbringing, your parents' experiences, what you experience now and the future. So we'll go right into it and, you know, tell us a little bit about your background, first of all, um, your parents, where you grew up and whatnot. Yeah, so uh, I was born in, in Vancouver. Um, my parents uh, my parents are different backgrounds. Um my dad, he, his background is English, but I think the best descriptor of him would be just Canadian because he's a third-generation Canadian. Um, he doesn't have an English accent or anything like that. Um, right. My mom is from Malaysia, and she's of Chinese ethnic origin. And yeah. uh, on top of that, layered on top of that, um, my dad's grandmother is actually native native Indian from the United States. Uh, I believe Cherokee is the, uh, the tribe. Uh, and I didn't yeah. know that actually until I was in my 20s, my early 20s. Uh, so I don't really consider that a big part of my uh, identity. But right. uh, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much how I would sum it up. So when your parents met, I think probably in the 70s, at the same time when my parents met, obviously interracial relationships were not as, uh, I guess, prevalent yeah, in the city as they are nowadays. Um, did your Definitely parents ever not. share with you kind of their experiences or did they not really talk about that growing up? Uh, to be honest, they never really spoke about that. Um, I like to, to speak of them as trailblazers because it wasn't that common back then. But uh, they didn't they didn't talk about it too much. To, to them, like everything was, was normal. It was like a normal relationship. 
Um, they didn't really tell me much about the, the problems they, they may have encountered, but I mean, that's sort of in their nature. They don't really complain about things too much. Your parents are definitely easygoing, jovial people. And, yeah, uh, they're just generally you know. positive and they won't dwell on those kind of negative, uh, negative things. And yeah, even if they did have problems, I, I know they're just the types to just sort of brush it aside and, and not, not worry about it too much. Yeah, and you know when you grew up, you have a sister. Um, shout out to Sylvia. And uh, <laughs> when you guys grew up in Vancouver, like you know, I wanted to touch on: Did you, you know, growing up as a mixed race, did you identify yourself as being more Asian, more Caucasian, or neither? You know, uh, I, I think when I was young, uh, I didn't really, I didn't really sort of identify with either side. Uh, I never really thought of myself as as sort of mixed race. I, I never, I didn't really have a, a sort of racial identity or I never really thought about it. And, and in some senses you could say, I didn't know who I was. Uh, and, and I'm talking about when I was like eight or nine or 10 years old, um, yeah. kids would ask me, even in elementary school, kids would ask me, what, what are you? And uh, I didn't know what they were asking me. <laughs> I didn't, I had right. no idea what they were asking me was, what is your like? What are your parents' ethnicity? What is your racial background? So I never knew how to answer that question um, right. because I didn't know. I didn't know what they were asking me. And o- over time, how I've answered that question has sort of changed a lot. Like it used to be, I would say, um, I'm half Malaysian, half Canadian. I would tell people I'm half Chinese, I'm half white. Uh, it, it would change. Yeah. It would change over time. And and now I just, you know, I just basically say what I, what I said in the beginning. Uh, and that's, that's sort of how I identify myself racially. And, you know, we tend to think that, you know, the way society is going with having more interracial relationships and mixed uh, children, we're thinking that we're becoming more multicultural. It, probably the opposite is true that, you know, even though you're mixed race, you may still receive some undertones of racism, trying to categorize you as one race or another and trying to pinpoint you in that way. So I don't know if you felt that that was... Uh, undertone of racism when people would ask you those questions. No, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't feel an undertone of racism, and I feel like I know what you mean because people are sensitive to questions like that, questions of race. Like when people ask you, "Where, where are you really from?" Where, you, like, they're not satisfied with Canada, you know, for example, or Vancouver, yeah. or Toronto. Um, but I don't see you. Res- I don't see you responding to that question like the way our friend Zul would. Uh, with uh, sheer aggression. <laughs> what do you mean, where I'm from? <laughs> yeah, no, not not quite. I mean, I, I, I'm probably, I probably have been guilty of asking that question, those kind of questions myself, but I think it stems more from a, a curiosity. And, and I, don't, I don't see, like, I never really saw the racial undertones when I was younger. Maybe I was a bit naive to it. I, I would say uh, growing up, I... I Never, I think in the beginning, I never really felt like I fit into any particular group of people. And in a way, that was an advantage because I didn't feel like shoehorned to hang out with a certain group of kids. You know what I mean? I felt more free to to hang out with different types of kids. You know what I mean? So in a way, it's kind of a, even though maybe you don't necessarily feel like you fit in 100%, it's sort of a blessing in a way because it actually opens yeah. it opens doors 
uh, more than closes it. Uh, I definitely agree with you that, and uh, I definitely, when it comes to uh, relationships and dating, I think you definitely took advantage of that. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, no, but um, you no. Know, so I mean, it come, comes to the question of you know how. How does uh, one identify themselves culturally? Like, what are those determinants? Um, and does it really matter how you identify yourself culturally, especially living in a multicultural society or especially in urban areas like Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal? Does it really matter? Like, I think you growing up in Vancouver, there's definitely more Asians. And I think you grew up in a predominantly uh, Asian uh, high school, I would say. Definitely. Churchill was probably at least 80% Chinese. Not even just... Asian, it was. Uh, I would even go further and say Chinese. And, yeah, and, and most of our friends and your friends growing up were like of Asian ethnicity. So maybe later on in life, uh, do you think environment played a huge role in how you identified yourself with? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and by environment, I think you mean like where I lived and where I went to school. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that... In high school, uh, if someone were to to sort of look at me from the outside, they would probably see me as more Asian than, than white. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's just based on where I was hanging out, who I was hanging out with, uh, where we were going to eat, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, linguistically, we all just sort of communicated in English to each other. Like, I, uh, I can't really... My, my knowledge of, of, like, Chinese is not the best. Like, I can speak some basic Mandarin, some basic Cantonese, but I'm definitely not having conversations with friends that way. So, like, I think the, the language aspect of it is something that is is missing. But when you're growing up, like, you know, your mother, did she try to um, really influence, like, Asian customs with you and your sister? It, or, you know, or just kind of just came naturally? I think it just came naturally. I don't think she really sort of pushed anything like that like i think my mom is pretty pretty easygoing and very uh pragmatic and very practical maybe that's maybe that's an asian thing i'm not sure but uh yeah it was never sort of forced upon us or anything like that but she did put me in in mandarin school for many years um and unfortunately i didn't learn shit (laughs) Unfortunately, that was uh, money well spent, yeah, uh, Mrs. Bryant. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Those Tuesday nights in a uh, random high school in Richmond didn't really pay off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we all went through those Chinese schools, and uh, they were not helpful at all. Those were a complete waste of time. I thought. Yeah, yeah. There was like no, you know? there's no momentum. Like if you're if you're in class for two hours a week on a Tuesday night, and that's it, and the rest of the time you're at school or you're at home or you're with your friends, you're not speaking that language. There's like no momentum yeah. to like really, you know, entrench that in your head. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. But you know, is it? important to have those customs of certain ethnicities you know for people to really feel like they belong to um a certain culture you know i i I tend to think nowadays may not be as important as it was in the first or second generation you know it depends on how you look at culture right culture is a word that's hard to uh in a way it's hard to explain it's hard to define it involves many things. It involves as many things as you want it to involve, right? It can involve food, it can involve 
language. It can involve like personality type, you know, personality traits. Um, right. It can involve wedding traditions. It can involve many, many things, right? And like to me, right. well, like how I view myself is I, I view my identity probably not uh, racial, like from, from a racial cultural origin. I, I just view it as my own, like I just sort of do what I want to do basically, right? I don't feel like right. I have to follow any specific customs. I think possibly if I was in in a, a uh, like a single race family, like if my parents were both of the same cultural background, maybe I, I would right. feel like liberated because I do feel a bit liberated right. in that sense. Or I can just sort of pick and choose. I can sort of cherry pick what I like about this, what I like about that, and then just take that with me. And I wonder, growing up in Vancouver, because Asians are so prevalent here, that being of mixed Caucasian and Asian heritage would, I don't know if it makes it easier, but possibly, you probably don't think about things as much as you would. Yeah, maybe that's in true. Other Although I remember in high school, you know, one of our, my nicknames for a long time was uh, White Bread. <laughs> <laughs> nice. My, my asshole friends would call me White Bread. <laughs> on a regular basis, I don't know. I look at. I just find it funny now. I don't think. It, I don't think it bothered me much back then. I think I. I just found it funny, overall. Right. But right. but uh, I I do remember that. I do recall that. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like you're you know, growing up mixed race was not really an issue. But you know, you kind of read about certain celebrities, like for example, I don't know. Let's take Drake. You know. Yep. He he talks about his struggles in his songs about. Growing up half Jewish, half black, and uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's you know the, I really relate to Drake a lot. Yeah, actually, we could talk about <laughs> that, and then, and how you know when you when you're a mixed heritage, you can uh, kind of play both sides, and I think Drake plays that perfectly to a T. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think a big thing is like I just don't feel the pressure. I don't feel the pressure to conform uh, to any specific uh, way of life. I think that's yeah. that, that's. That's where me and Drake differ. I think with Drake, there's a lot of uh, pressure for him to conform to certain aspects of like African American culture. Right. There's, you know, there's different, there's different pressures dragging him in different directions. Right, but I think that's part of his success too nowadays is that he can play the the role of suburbia, middle class, whatever. Caucasian, I think that's part of his appeal, and, no doubt. And yeah, and people kind of relate to that, and then. He can play the other side, the hardcore black rapper that. Uh, well, I mean, we can time. we can have another podcast about Drake if you want. Yeah, we can. We can, do, we can, <laughs> we can break down along. his albums. Uh, album yeah, exactly. Album. <laughs> yeah, we should we should have a podcast of top five uh, hip hop artists. We yeah, have yeah. those discussions oh, on our I'm own. In. I'm in all I'm the in. time, all the time. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, what what year did you uh, move out east? Or actually, I should say, when did you turn your back on Vancouver? What year was that? <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was 2005, and you're right. I did turn my back on Vancouver, and uh, I haven't looked back. I still haven't. You're turned definitely my not back. getting a Vancouver's finest tattoo at any point in your life. Right? <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. I'm 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 not getting 604 tattooed uh, <laughs> atop my nipple or anything like that. <laughs> but obviously, you're an adult just graduating from dentistry uh, when you moved out east, and I don't know if you experienced any differences growing up uh, or living out east compared to Vancouver uh, being of mixed heritage over there? Um, I feel like uh, Toronto is more of a melting pot of, of, of different of different cultures. 
And oh, it definitely is. I totally agree. It's the most multicultural place in the world. Uh, I've, yeah. I've heard that, I think, according to the UN. And yeah. I feel like there's just more, it's less segregated than pretty much any city I've, I've seen. Yeah. And there's more intermingling of cultures, of different people. Uh, there's more yeah. intermarriage, I find. Just, I mean, you just see that. You see it on the street or even among older people. There's, there's, yeah. They're mixed race backgrounds. Actually, my first impression of and memory of Toronto was I, I think I was with you and a bunch of our friends and we were out for dinner. And I remember at a table next door, there was a birthday party and it was just a table of all mixed, all cultures. You know, you'd have white, Asian, Indian, black, all sitting together as friends. And I thought that was pretty amazing, actually. I can't recall mm-hmm. that experience in Vancouver, but... Uh, yeah, it's different. Vancouver is more is it's a bit more segregated. I, I mean, from what I remember, and the the big pockets there's there's big pockets of like Chinese people, there's big pockets of Indian people, and there's big pockets of like you know European ancestry, like white people, basically. And I, I right. feel like those are the major populations. I mean, obviously there's other sort of ethnicities, but I, I mean, I think uh, I would boil it down as those are the three major groups of people there. Out east, living in Toronto, did you have any issues with being a mixed race over there, or it was just not? No, no, not at all, not at all, man. Yeah, I just sort yeah. of, uh, I just sort of fit right in with, with all the other, uh, all the other weirdos. <laughs> I don't remember experiencing much racism. I do remember one time when there was a clear, like there was a clear case of, of racism when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just tell you the story real quick. Um, I was about nine years old and I was living in Richmond and, uh, in, 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 in Vancouver, like suburb of Vancouver. Yeah. And I remember just standing in front of my house or my parents' house and some kid, uh, some kid sort of rode by on a, on his bicycle on his little bicycle, like a BMX. Right. And he yelled out to me, Jink! <laughs> but, and he and he kept and he kept riding his bike. And it was a little white kid, uh, probably similar age to me. And like not, I, I feel like he, he might have been a year or two older. But he kept riding his bike, and all I could remember was the look on his face, and it was a look of like almost anger. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know if I knew what chink really meant. I didn't know. I don't know if I knew that it was that derogatory of a term back then. But yeah. what I remember was the anger in his voice and really? i'll always remember that um, did you correct him and say uh, i'm white bread bitch <laughs> i he, he, he rode by fast i think he was just a punk kid you know like punk kids do stupid things i i don't know if it was his intention to be like racist per se or or rather he just he just liked to uh he just was acting like a punk. I can't really say for sure, but he he rode by fast enough that I couldn't really react or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah. that just gives you an idea. Like back in that in those days, uh, like in Richmond, people sort of saw me ethnically as Chinese or, or as Asian. Right. Um, and now Richmond is probably the most Chinese place in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like the predominant uh, ethnicity there. But it, which comes to think like is racism or when people experience racism, it's really how much of a minority you are in that certain population, I guess. Yeah, right? that's true. I, I mean, I grew up in Abbotsford and at that time, not many Chinese. And 
I remember we were playing like football in PE in grade eight, and I was I was like probably four foot eleven, um, <laughs> but I was playing wide receiver, and I caught a couple passes, and all the kids would be saying like, "Pass it to the Chinaman, pass it to the Chinaman." And I think I was known as Chinaman in PE for like the rest of the year, and at wow. that time I didn't I didn't think of it as them being racist. I thought it was kind of funny, but in yeah. in retrospect, that was probably racist. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't appreciate it these days, knowing what you know now. Yeah, exactly. So, wow, you were a now, great athlete even back then. Huh? Even all four foot eleven. Uh, yeah, the hand hand eye coordination. I think actually that was when I first had my uh, first ever concussion too. Really? <laughs> playing playing tag football. I remember it was probably a concussion. It was probably a concussion. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, Did they call you Jerry now, Rice? Did you like to eat rice? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Jerry Rice. I saw <laughs> Chinaman was the only thing they called me. Um, now you know, obviously, you just got married uh, this past May. Mar- how's married life? Married life is good. Yeah, married life is great, man. Married life is great. Like life is sort of moving forward. We we yeah. got married when our honeymoon. We're we're living in a new house now, so things yeah. are good. Yeah, and um, so your wife is of uh, Persian descent that's right and um, obviously you guys are uh, thinking about starting a family you've had some of these conversations with myself privately but um you know like do you and nazi ever talk about you know how you want to raise your kids bringing in more part of a a persian culture or or does it matter at all um we haven't had like in-depth discussions on that because you know there's we don't have a kid yet uh, i think but I think that she is more attuned culturally to her her like ethnic background than I am. Like she still follows many many Persian customs and traditions and, and that kind of thing. And uh, she has stated on numerous occasions that she would like like our kid to speak uh, Farsi, and that's fine. I, I'm all actually I'm all for all for kids learning as many languages as possible. But one thing I keep telling her is that it's unlikely that our kid will be speaking fluent Farsi just by, by virtue of me not speaking Farsi. Like, uh, yeah. in my opinion, it takes two, two parents to sort of transmit that, like a, a separate language other than the language of the country, in, in my opinion. Like, yeah. it, like I, I mean, I just see how bad I am at Chinese, and that's an example of it, right? Like, my dad doesn't speak any Chinese. He only speaks English. And really, it's just my mom who who sort of, you know, can carry that torch. And I think that's not an issue of being mixed race. I think it's, I think it's just an issue of being brought up in Canada. I think, you know, even if it was two Persian uh, parents, their kids probably would have difficulty speaking Farsi fluently. Mm. I would. That's true. Expect. And the thing is, she can't even really uh, write it or read it. Like she can only speak it. Right. Um, right. And so that makes it even more of a challenge. But but Nazi's wish to have the kids speak Farsi is because she wants to preserve the, I guess, Persian heritage and, and background. Yeah, I think so. And she would lo- she would love it if her her kids could speak to her, her their grandparents, like her parents. Right. But I mean, her parents speak English. Her parents speak English. So I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't see it as a I don't see it as a necessity. I don't see right. it as a necessity. And uh, to be honest, I would be okay with them learning any language. We've talked about French immersion. I think we're both a fan of that overall. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm also open to, you know, most languages, to be honest. And do you have any desire to 
uh, have your kids participate in some Asian cultures, like, uh, or even speaking an Asian language? I would love it if they could speak Mandarin. Yeah. I mean, I think just from a pragmatic international viewpoint, that's that's going to be an advantage in the future. Yeah. I would love yeah. I would love for that. I think they might need to to uh, get around Markham. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We live uh, we live basically in Markham or next to Markham, and that's that's sort of the equivalent to Richmond in in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. How, how are you going to order food? Yeah, how are you order food? <laughs> I I pointed the menu. Or I just ordered by number, man. <laughs> uh, um, I order off the uh, I order off the menu. Um, like they're, they're, we always get like these four page menus. Yeah, and you yeah. can just order by number, you know. Yeah, yeah you just point at the uh, picture, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that looks good. I want that. Just point. Yeah, at exactly, it. exactly. But yeah, no, I would love to sort of love to have my kids grow up in a, a sort of mixed environment where they're where they're exposed to a lot of different types of people. Like I don't want them to be boxed into a boxed in or in a bubble where there's sort of only you know, meeting one type of person, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. cultural exposure is amazing. And, you know, you, you just, you learn a lot more about people that way. You're just, it's just a more enriching experience if you give that a chance, no matter who you are. Yeah. And remember, like, I sent you that Globe and Mail article recently about mixed race. And they said in the 2016 census, like 41% of the country was mixed race, which it depends on how you classify mixed race, as you said earlier. As a yeah, mixed yeah. Race. That, like, that, that seems that rather high. That number strikes me as really high, and I can't say that 40% of the people that I see are, are mixed. Uh, I don't know. It just it seems really high. But then I guess it depends on how you divide people up, right? You can divide people yeah. up in a very specific manner if, if you choose to. Yeah, and it's definitely, I mean, mixed unions are definitely on the rise. Um, and I think it yeah. obviously increases as you get on to like second generation or third generation. Yeah, I don't feel as uh, unique immigrants. anymore, Ben. No, you're not. My unique appeal. No, luckily you got married the time you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what we wanted to talk about about um, mixed heritage, and uh, because it's becoming so much more prevalent. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of seems like it's the trend, and and that trend will only accelerate in the future. Once someone becomes mixed, they can't go back to being pure. (laughs) They can't, and you know, mixed babies are always cute. I, I I have to say, you know, except you. I know, uh, man. I was a cute kid. Trust me, I was a cute kid. Ask my mom. <laughs> I need I need pictures. I want proof, Mrs. Bryant. <laughs> you want proof? You want proof? I need I need kid pictures. When I think about my kids, one thing that's probably going to happen to them is that they are going to be they're going to be confused about their ethnicity early on, like I was. Uh, but even more so probably than, than I was there. People are going to ask them about their background and it's going to be a long answer. <laughs> and what, what would you tell them? Like, what would you tell them to how they would have to navigate through that question like you did? Well, I mean, I, I would just tell them to say my mom is this and my, my dad is that. So my mom is, is Persian. My dad is half Chinese, half Caucasian, half white, whatever you want to say, half English. You can even say English. Yeah. I would I would say all those options are good, yeah. um, but they're going to be they're going to be confused at first, and because it's going to be um, I mean I, I think they're going to they're going to find kinship in other kids, and <laughs> in, in other little mixed breed kids. Yeah, exactly. But, I was just going to say um, that there'll be more kids but, who are mixed, and I think at the end of the day they might just say, "Well, that's really cool. That's really yeah." Cool. 
right? Yeah, and 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 I think that's that's what I feel the that's that's my overarching feeling about being mixed race is, yeah, that's cool. I, I feel I feel kind of unique in my time at least. I feel kind of unique. I feel kind of cool. I feel like I I stand out in that sense, and yeah. I feel like enriched and, and empowered because of it. I agree. I agree. Definitely. So. I think uh, I think we'll wrap up on that note, actually, on a positive note. That was awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for having me, man. On your on your uh, digging on digging deeper on iTunes, dude. You're gonna be a recurring uh, guest. You gotta. You're gonna be like weekly. We'll do weekly. Uh, weekly. I, I really I really want to be there in person. I'm very disappointed I'm not there in person because. I really want to take a, a post podcast picture with with microphones, like one of those cool photos. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed to be honest. Yeah, I think right now I'll just have to Photoshop you in. I'll use your wedding. <laughs> I'll use your wedding picture. Yeah. <laughs> You're like wearing a tux on my couch for some reason during a podcast. <laughs> It'll look kind of funny. Hey man, I'll wear a tux uh, when I come come into town, and we'll do a podcast. I don't care. Sounds good, bro. All right, thanks. Take care. All right. Thank you.